1: Well, I know you guys have been hankering for Illinois basketball commitments, and this is a two-commitment week now here that we are having on the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. Welcome in to the Illini Inquirer podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher. And on today's podcast, let's focus on that second commitment of the week, following up on Omar Payne, the transfer big man from Florida. Illinois doesn't add to the class of 2021 or the 2021 roster, we think, yet, but they do add to the class of 2022. With another commitment. They're second in the class following Reggie Bass, the uh, swing man, the guard, combo guard out of Tennessee. Illinois also adds a commitment today on April 7th from AJ Store, an Illinois native uh, who just went out to Arizona this year and had a big year, really raised his profile playing alongside. Ty Ty Washington, a name most Illini fans are very very familiar with. So on today's podcast, we get into that. What does AJ Store bring to the Illini? What does he have in store for the Illini? I think everybody's doing that one today. Um, so we talk all about that today on the podcast. Derek Piper will join us, Illini Inquirer basketball lead reporter. But coming up next, Scott Burgess of Illinois Prep Hoops. He's been watching AJ's store for a long time. We get his breakdown of what AJ adds, and we look ahead to the future classes in state. That's next on the Illini Inquirer podcast.
0: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Let's get to know more about the newest Illini commit in the class of 2022. He joins Reggie Bass as the second commit in the Illini's class there. And that's A.J. Storr, who played at Kankakee. is an Illinois native, uh, but he went out west to, to really rise his stock, and he certainly did that. And now he's going to be playing in the Big Ten after committing to Illinois. And joining us now is Scott Burgess, Prep Hoops, Illinois. Uh, knows these guys as well as anybody. Thanks for joining us, Scott. So uh, just just first, wh- when was the first time you saw A.J. Store, and when did he first get on your radar?
2: Yeah. So we actually saw him, you know, during his high school career at Kankakee and he was always a good prospect, but he was not uh, on the division one radar at all um, until last summer. So um, obviously we had the whole pandemic, so there was no spring um, travel team season. And um, as I said, then, you know, a lot of players kind of took that period off and didn't really work on their game. And AJ, totally you know did what he's supposed to do got in the gym continued to get stronger and um continue to work on his skill set especially his perimeter game that really took his game to the next level and when we saw him in july and august on the prep hoop circuit with Illinois hoop stars um he just exploded he wasn't even on their supposed top team he was on um There, another team where he was the focal player. And I remember that first tournament we saw him, he just took off and it was like a whole different player. I mean, you know, the you see guys make those big jumps in in that period of time, but with the pandemic, it was a very weird time. And he was the he won the the 16, uh, 17U player of the year for the whole circuit last year on the prep hoop circuit because of how well he played, how much he elevated his game. So um, that's kind of a little bit of background on how he rose to getting, starting to get the attention that he got eventually.
1: So I I feel like this class of 2022, Scott, like the rankings feel so you know uh, messed up like preliminary just because we haven't been able to see them as much uh, on some of these circuits and, and judge them uh, he's a three-star prospect now but six foot five what is his skill set what does he bring to the court
2: yeah great frame great body um physical wing that can play um Really in the Illini system, he's probably more of a three or even a small ball four in certain situations, kind of in that DeMonte Williams role a little bit. Um, But he can really shoot the basketball. I think that's where he took his game to the next level. He was always a good slasher and um, a good transition player. But when he was able to consistently knock down shots, that's what really elevated his stock and and made him a legit high major player with his combination of – physicality athleticism and you know I, you know being able to get to the rim but then also being able to keep the defense honest and shooting on the perimeter i think he's going to be able to develop into a pretty nice defender down the down the road especially uh against wings
1: yeah so if, if illinois fans had to have a comp in their heads what, what would you kind of compare that to
2: i'm horrible with comps to be honest <laughs> and we like, lock you into I,
1: them all the time scott
2: yeah i know um I mean, I think, you know, you're looking at uh, maybe a bigger, like a DeMonte type where I think he's got more scoring potential, but DeMonte really developed that jump shot throughout his career. And as you know, he didn't really have that out of high school or even his first couple of years at Illinois. I think AJ already kind of has that ability to knock down shots.
1: I think he had a couple more other high major offers. Ole Miss was in on him as well. But what do you think of Illinois and really targeting him early, being the first high major offer, and then really closing this pretty early?
2: Yeah, I think you know they were very aggressive with with this recruitment. Virginia Tech was involved as well, but they went after him. Um, same thing with Reggie Bass. They kind of identified both those guys early in the process and said these are guys that we want to get. And, you know, we don't care who the offer list is. You know, I talk to college coaches all the time and a lot of schools are scared to be that first offer, maybe that first high major offer. And as I say all the time, like trust yourself. And I think that's one thing that this staff at Illinois does really well is they trust themselves as far as who they want to recruit. I think a perfect example is Georgie. Georgie didn't have anything, um, you know, at the high major level out of high school and um, he turned out to be a pretty good get for them. So I think they trusted themselves with the evaluation and um, and what they saw. And I think if you look at him and he was you know magically back in Illinois and magically at 2022 in Illinois, he'd probably be the, you know, third, fourth player in the class behind A.J. Casey and Jaden Shutt. So, I mean, I think most Illinois fans would take that.
1: Yeah, it feels like you put that in there, people be like a little bit more excited. Hey, Land Illinois kid, he is an Illinois kid, Uh, just ends up uh, playing in Arizona and and plays with with Ty Ty Washington, who I know they are all over. So that can't hurt, Scott, I, I wouldn't imagine.
2: No. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Illinois was in the mix the first time when he committed to Creighton um, and they're, you know, trying to still get in there. He has got a lot of offers. He's one of the hottest names in the country, period, especially with how well he played this season for AZ Compass. You know, it was, it was a weird high school season just in general. Some states not playing, some playing half seasons, but uh, teams like um aj compass prep were able to play full seasons against top-notch competition including you know they were just in the on espn and um the geico nationals a couple weeks ago uh or last week so yeah i mean to get the experience that uh you know aj did playing in that and tie tie that's you know kind of like a mini march madness type feel and you're playing against other big-time high-major competition.
1: Uh, You mentioned the class of 2022, Scott, and while we have you, um, A.J. Casey uh, seemed to have a good weekend up in Wisconsin. He's really obviously one of their top targets in 2022, and Jaden Shutt uh, has become very popular. Um, Just what do you think of those guys' development that we've seen or been able to see and and their recruitments moving forward?
2: Yeah, so um, with A.J., you know, athletic – Lanky wing, can you know, guard multiple positions. Uh I think his offensive skill set is just scratching the surface of where he can be long term, but he fits that new age mold as far as the whole a uh, skilled, multi-purpose big man that can play a, f- a small ball five, can be a four, can stretch the floor, runs the court really well. His athleticism on the defensive end, being able to switch, block shots, uh, that's something that really is intriguing for him. As far as his recruitment, I still think it's pretty open. Um, I, it's just – it's so hard right now. It's like you know pinpoint favorites because for the most part these kids – haven't narrowed lists we're not really seeing the the normal process as far as um you know cut down to 10 and then five and take visits like none of that's going on and as of right now you know there's no for certain timetable for that to even happen as far as visits go um i think illinois is in the mix definitely Um, i think michigan state's in there I think Gonzaga is definitely one to watch. Um, Gonzaga obviously they had a tremendous season this year. Roger Powell, the former Illinois coach, is there. Um, they've had great success with um, you know their forwards, Drew Timmy. Sorry to break <laughs> Illinois fans' heart there, um, but Drew Timmy did really well there. Um, they're probably the leader for Chet Holmgren, so they they're really building something insanely good out there. So I think those are some of the ones to watch. Louisville as well. Um, and then as far as Jaden Shutt, elite, elite shooter moves really, really well without the ball. I think he's that type of guy that you can use off movement, kind of move him around like a Kyle Corver type and just get him open shots, um, coming on pin downs and, and screens and that kind of stuff. But this year he showed a lot more. And really, even in the fall in workouts that we saw, he showed a lot more to his game than just being an elite shooter. He's a he's a much better athlete than he's given credit for. He can score off the bounce. He's a pretty good rebounder. He's never going to be an elite passer, but he's got a good enough feel as a passer to to, you know, get a couple assists a game at a high major at the high major level. Um, his, his recruitment's still pretty open as well. Um, I think actually while we're talking here, he just got another offer, I believe. Um, so he's, he's racking them up, but, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely, you know, got a Minnesota offer from the new staff. So, um, you know, he is one of the best players in that class and somebody Illinois is really targeting.
1: And I'm starting to hear the buzz about this 2023 class, Scott, in state. JJ um, Taylor looks like a guy that might consider not even going to college if if, if he doesn't have to. Um, Day Day Ab- uh, Ames is a name that I've heard here recently. What what is coming up in in these un- underclassmen classes in Illinois?
2: Yep. So with the you know that 2023 class, uh, Javante Taylor, you mentioned him at the top. Uh from Kenwood, um, part of the whole Mac Irvin Fire uh family with Mike Irvin being the coach there. Uh younger brother of Steve Taylor, um, who a lot of fans will remember was on those famed Simeon teams and uh played at Marquette. Mm-hmm. Uh so not the similar type player at all. Uh is much more offensively skilled as far as being able to take it out on the perimeter. Uh, just such a feathery jump shot from from deep. Um, sometimes he'll force it a little bit, but he can really, really score from all three levels. Uh, you know, long lanky build. He he's just electric. Um, you know, he went in the public league this year, and you know, every night thirty points, twenty five points, close to forty points. Like his scoring, I don't know what his scoring average ended up being, but it had to be well over twenty five points a game. Um, and, uh, his point guard, you mentioned Darren Ames, uh, lefty guard, uh, kind of in that, uh, you know, Charlie, Charlie Moore, uh, you know, exciting playmaking guard angular that can really facilitate the basketball when he needs to, but he's a good scorer too. uh, likes to pull up jump shot, got slick handles. He's really fun to watch. Um, Donovan Youngers, another player, Illinois is looking at, um in that class uh from Bowling athletic four man um still pretty raw at this stage in the process but the upside is very intriguing um yeah Dalen Davis from uh, Whitney Young's another uh, highly touted point guard in that class uh two two powerful or you know uh two other players to look at Max Christie's little brother Cam Christie is in that class um Obviously, Max is going to Michigan State. Uh, Cam's already got multiple high major offers. He had a really, really productive year and took that next step in his game. Um, and then Asa Thomas is another one from Lake Forest Academy or Lake Force High School, and he's got plus size, six foot five shooter. I like his ability. And then um, kind of rounded off with uh, Davis Lowry who's from um, Kenwood as well, along with Javante and, and Day-Day. Um, And he's got an Illinois offer, big physical combo, uh, forward, probably more of a four, just a strong body, can rebound the ball at a high rate, uh, loves to get out and run, and his uh, perimeter game's coming along as well.
1: Uh, great insight there, Scott. Uh, before I let you go, though, I just want to ask you, as somebody who you know pays close attention to Illinois basketball and, and watches this thing, what was this year like to to watch for you? As Ayodele and and Adam Miller, both who are no longer part of the team, um, are are part of this. Two in-state guys, but obviously Brad Underwood gets this program back to national relevance. Didn't end well uh, in the NCAA tournament with Loyola, uh, you know, upsetting them. But what, what what were your big takeaways from this year and what it means for Illinois basketball?
2: Yeah, I think it means a lot. Um, obviously, it didn't end how they wanted to, but you know to put the program back on a national stage that they've not seen anywhere close to since 2005 Um, and maybe that that year after with with D and Augustine coming back Um, you know I think it was huge for the program and I think you'll start seeing that um, paying off in recruiting not necessarily in the 21 class but you're talking about 22 now you're gaining commitments 23 and going forward I think the biggest thing is is you have to make Illinois cool again in state and You did it – you took, you know, Io and you took Adam Miller, two of the best players the last five years in Illinois, and you said, hey, look what we can do with these guys. We can take two homegrown talents and we can, you know, uh, win a Big Ten tournament championship. We can be a top-five team for most of the season. Um, This is where we want to be with the program. So I think it gives you a lot more ammo when you go into the house of an A.J. Casey or a Javante Taylor Um, and instead of having to hear for, and I mean, as you know, covering Illinois for years, it's like, uh, like selling the 2005 team doesn't do anything for kids who were like not even watching basketball at that age or some of them not even born yet. I mean, that's been what, 16 years, Javante Taylor might not even been born when that final four happened. So it's like, you can't sell that to kids, but now you have this team that you can sell, even though obviously it didn't end in the same fashion, making a final four run and an appearance in the championship, you can still say, um, you know, look what we did with the in-state talent, come here, continue the legacy. Io started the legacy for Illinois, this new, you know, era under Underwood, and you can continue it. So I think it was, I think it was huge for the program. Um, and from an in-state recruiting standpoint,
1: Scott Burgess, Prep Hoops, Illinois, check him out at Scout on Twitter. Scott, always appreciate the time inside, my man. Thanks, bud. Great stuff with Scott. When we come back, let's get the Illini more centric angle on this with Derek Piper, Illini Inquirer. We'll talk about what store brings to the Illini, but also uh, what else is on the horizon for Illini basketball recruiting. That's next.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.
1: Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, and let's break down the latest commitment for Illinois basketball. They have a transfer commitment a couple of days ago. Now they get a high school commitment, though not one that's going to play on the team next year, most likely, unless there's a, a surprise reclass here. But one in the class of 2022, and that is AJ Store, uh, who is an Illinois native, played down at Kankakee. Uh, I've seen some people say he's a Rockford native, but has played out in Arizona with one tie tie Washington uh, for the last year, and has really uh, elevated his game. So let's talk about how it impacts Illinois here uh, with Derek Piper, IlliniInquire.com, our lead basketball reporter. And Derek, people have wanted commitment news. Well, they got it in AJ's store. What do you think?
3: Yeah, this is what they're looking for, right? Uh, I'm sure they'll be satisfied for all the five minutes and we'll get back to talking about Armand Franklin and Ty Ty Washington and the like. But this is a, a nice ad for Illinois. It's a six foot five in-state, product who's a big bodied guard he's physical shoots the three very well has a, has a really nice stroke ability to get to the rim uh, I know he wants to tighten up on his handle some but when he gets there he can finish their contact use their hand and uh, as you mentioned originally from Rockford played high school in Kankakee then this past summer went out to Vegas and transferred to Bishop Gorman was there for a couple of months and then ended up at Arizona Compass Prep with Ty Ty Washington. That's one of the best high school teams this past year in the country. And they were at Geico Nationals and he played pretty darn well there. So I know for the Illinois staff, he has a couple of high major offers at Ole Miss, he had Va Tech, Illinois has been really active with him. They offered back in November, Jen Coleman's been the lead recruiter. They felt like not only the trusting their evaluation and wanted to add him, but to get him early before what they think is he's probably gonna blow up this summer. Uh, they really emphasized trying to get him on board and they were able to do that today.
1: Yeah, what do they like? so? I mean, you broke down his game, Derek, but why did they think this is a guy that's got to be a priority right now?
3: Yeah, I think his physicality and his ability to shoot. So we we talk a lot about having length, having shot-making ability, uh, but it goes back to something that Brad has said before, is just having different pieces. You know that Melendez and Goody are longer wings, but maybe not as filled out. I mean, in particular with Melendez – uh, he's more, maybe more of a pogo stick. He can go up and, and finish, uh, but needs to add strength. With Story, you're not going to worry about him having that physicality and him being able to fit in in the Big Ten in that style of play. So I think that when you look at that, when you look at the fact that just his toughness and kind of just his makeup, uh, there's some intangibles there that they really like. But again, it comes back to the fact that he can shoot, the fact that he can get inside and finish and, and kind of be that that physical force that they're looking for.
1: You know, Luke Goody was the only commitment in the class of 2021 for so long. Um, Reggie Bass didn't have to wait too long to get a partner in this class. Uh, How do they complement each other? Reggie feels like, Derek, um, a guy that has the ball in his hands a little bit more. So how how do they complement each other?
3: Yeah, both being six foot five, do have some different skill sets. Like you said, Reggie can play combo guard. He can have the ball in his hands uh, and play make. He's, He's a very good passer. Uh, capable of shooter from the outside, but can break you down. Good crossover, can get to the lane and make some plays. And, and then you have Store, like I said, it, is more that that bully ball type of ability, uh, who can also catch and shoot really, really well. So if it's Curbelo, you're, you're kind of forecasting in the future. I think Bass and Curbelo could play together because of Bass's length, as far as a big guard, about six foot four. Uh, it, regardless of either one of those guys breaking it down. Stores is a guy that can catch and shoot. He's a guy that's probably going to go to the offensive glass and have some success. And they can defend multiple positions, given the fact that they have that length. And uh, and that is something that you like to see uh, as far as pairing with uh, Andre Carbell at the one.
1: This does feel like a very big wing makeover, Derek. I mean, we're, we're looking at a team right now that had, at one point, the starting lineup this season, right, was four guys. Who are six four and under? If you want, I guess Io could be six five. If you want to list them there, but basically Io is a, a point guard, right? Bob Cousy Award winner, and your four is six foot three. And Demonte Williams, I know he's longer than that, but he's six foot three. Adam Miller, six foot three. You're looking at Andre Corbello potentially as an upperclassman with guys like Luke Goody who's six seven. Maybe Austin Hutcherson is still here. I don't know. It's six six, um, and and obviously Reggie Reggie Bass is six foot five. AJ Storr right now at six foot five, and these guys are are pretty young. And of course RJ Melendez, who's who's six foot seven. Um, th- this feels like a big change, and obviously one that they want to change.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the days probably are over of playing two small guards, as Brad would say. When you think about. Trent and Felice played together with I.O. And then you also had Trent and Curbelo with, with, uh, of course, Trent, if he were to come back, which I'm not sure that's going to happen, that, that could throw that in there. But uh, yeah, I think that just all around the court, you think you look at some of these other NCAA tournament teams that succeeded and just the length that they have kind of across the board. And even like Gonzaga, when you look at Suggs, then Kispert, then uh, I mean, just, one through four is usually pretty long and pretty interchangeable defensively yeah. at times, and I think that that's important for a team that with Illinois seemed a little bit more set in their position than then out of position maybe at the four spots. So just kind of having that flexibility, that length, and as we saw with Michigan, was who was a really long team that helps you defensively, helps you defend not only at the rim but also on the perimeter, making making it tough to make shots over them.
1: So, so, Derek, I mean, fans are wanting more in 2021, but what what is behind this push in 2022 and and what's next now that they have these two pieces? I know rosters are, are so much in flux and in a year from now. It could look completely different. Um, but what does the rest of 2022 look like for this staff?
3: Yeah, I think in terms of these two early ads, it's just trusting your evals, taking guys that you feel like, in particular, restore or that could – jump you know get a lot of offers here coming forward if you were to be open in the summer and and maybe that's a a lot tougher recruitment in the fall than it would be right now if you pushed and tried to get him on board Uh, I think you're probably not just you're not worrying too much at at this point as far as taking this guy means we can't get this guy I think you're just trying to to go and take good players and and there's going to come a time where how many wings is too many wings right that's going to (laughs) be a question at some point, although, you know, Bass is not, he's more of a combo guard and stores probably big body three, maybe a two. Uh, But yeah, I I think that again, going forward, you will look at a big guy. You'll certainly look uh, whether that be a center, even a power forward, you know, AJ Casey, Jalen Washington from Indiana. uh, They want other pieces in that mix as well. And and might even take another guard, Uh, but a lot will probably be determined or some will be determined by what they do to finish out this transfer market this 2021 uh, because based on the transfer market you can take multi-year guys here and really fill that thing up but right now I mean when you look at the scholarship grid there's there's a lot in flux and there's a lot of potential openings kind of just figure it out as you go
1: yeah thanks for reminding me I need to update that with AJ store in it now Uh, it's it's constantly in flux that scholarship grid we got Derek, I got to ask for the people out there. uh, He plays with Tai Tai Washington. Does this help at all with Tai Tai Washington?
3: (laughs) Uh, That's a good question. I I don't know that to be certain. I know that, like you said, that they played together and they had a lot of success together and they they seem to be uh, good friends uh, as far as what they do on the court. Is that going to sway Tai Tai one way or the other, in particular with? store who actually was originally in 2021 class back to 2022 he was young for his age in that in that class in 21 goes back to 22 if he's not going to be in champagne next year and Tai Tai could theoretically i mean everybody that's kind of a top 30 to top 40 recruit has somewhere implanted in their mind i could i, I could maybe be a one and done yeah. so maybe Tai ty would be someone like that who wouldn't think too much about it so I don't know. I haven't heard anything as far as package deal or anything like that. It's fun to speculate, but I, I don't think so.
1: So, Derek, for the first time since uh, the Loyola loss where we just had 12 minutes of Brad Underwood taking in that loss, we got to catch up with him. And, and he does feel like a coach that, that has obviously been in a rough spot the last two weeks. Just thinking about what happened that game, even though he hasn't watched it yet. I I think I believe him when he says that, um, but also with this transfer portal and Adam Miller leaving the program probably quicker than he did than they thought he obviously was going to. And then, of course, you got everything with the super seniors up in the air, Kofi Coburn up in the air. But they have acted quickly in adding Omar Payne, who I think is a huge piece and we've talked about before on this podcast. Um, but he just felt like a coach that was kind of at this, this turning point of like, how do I build my roster? How do I keep this thing to where I want to in this age of college basketball, which he is not the only one doing it. I mean, we've heard Roy Williams didn't want to do this anymore, partly because of what was going on. And, you know, we've heard a lot of coaches be like, man, this is not, this is not the game that we know. And at least Brad, I think is sitting there going, okay, how do I have to adapt to continue to be successful? What did you make of what he had to say uh, the other day about all of everything going on in his program the last two weeks?
3: Yeah. I mean, I understand why that's got to be something that's really tough as far as just the the bevy of options that, that are out there and how do you build it the right way, but also how do you keep it together? How, how do you make sure the guys in your roster, you put in a lot of time and effort to recruit, are wanting to come back? And, and it's that hard balance, which you, they knew this was coming. I mean, anybody that's that I've talked to, and I, I'm sure a lot of people out there are feeling like, this isn't a huge like surprise as far as how many guys are hitting the Portland. They knew that some madness was coming. uh, But then just to have it unfold, there are, is it going to happen to us? type deal. And Adam Miller uh, did for Illinois. So uh, that part of it is frustrating. Now, Brad in the past has mentioned, like when they added Grandison and added Hutcherson, he talked about the Baylor model worked out for them. Like I I love staying old and, Getting old, staying old, and adding bettering pieces and all that. So there's a lot of potential to do that and to take advantage of that. I think anybody wants to be Baylor right now. I mean, why wouldn't you be?
1: It's a real um, double edged sword because you, yeah. like, you know, Illinois went into this offseason thinking, "Man, we could just reload. Like we're not going to have a rebuilding year. We'll have Curbelo and Miller and, and Grandison and maybe Hutcherson and and Kofi maybe comes back and then we add, you know, a piece or two and we're a top ten team again." You didn't put into that part of the equation, oh, we could lose Adam Miller, who is a key piece here. So it does cut both ways. There's a benefit of it, especially at the power five level, high major level, but there's also the downside of it.
3: Absolutely. And you also throw into the mix, Kofi could come back, but in the process of him deciding whether or not he's going to come back, now you did get Omar Payne, but that could play into the mix of trying to get another big man or you might have thought, I mean, a lot of buzz, to be honest, back in the fall or, or starting in the season was hey, we think Trent and DeMonte are coming back. Like, we we would expect to have those guys for another year, not being obviously, they're not NBA guys. And some that's changed. Like, as down the stretch, we got to wait for their final decisions, but th- that factors into it. Uh, it seemed like Brad didn't, and not that he was going to give us all the the insight or all the answers. He maybe said he didn't have as many answers as he actually does, but uh, he didn't. Seem to know yet on Trent and Demonte didn't seem to know yet on some other guys within his roster. Got to have the team meetings, the player meetings, I should say. Uh, yeah, and, and as for the Loyola, yeah, I, I kind of believe him that he would not watch that game. <laughs> have I you watched probably, it
1: yet?
3: I have not. I, I've been curious to.
1: Yeah, I've I haven't either. To, I don't know I if I not. can. I don't know if I can learn anything. I, I just thought. They just got punked, man. Like they just I don't know how much you can. I think it's more about the preparation for that game, right? Like What yeah. what went wrong in our preparation? Because I, I don't think there's anything you learned. And like we said, I mean, hap, most of that roster is probably not going to be back. So outside of Curbello, who I thought was decent, um, you know, like who's going to learn anything from it?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a good point. It's not like you're going to watch it and say, hey, this is how they guarded Iowa. Or if you see that again, we're going <laughs> to. Be able to adjust there. By the way, nice suit, suit and tie for I.O. on the jump. That's a that's a pretty good look for him.
1: What a great moment, right? Um, what I know that's such a big deal for him. But for Illinois to have a guy on that show, Derek, which I think rachel nichols that that is such a great production um it's just such a great nba show and you could tell all the players respect the heck out of it but i watches that show every day and he's on it making that announcement that's a great moment for illinois basketball two weeks after they had such a terrible moment it's almost like a man this is that that's the pride of of what you've been doing the last three years and a huge reason of why you're at least in the discussion to to be a a player in the national level
3: right yeah just to to be a storyline and not only on ESPN, but yeah, going to the next level. And that matters so much. We, we tend to want to, or fans tend to want to turn everything into recruiting. Like this means this for recruiting. I mean, it does though, as far as like showing guys, someone going from our program that we developed that we convinced to come to Illinois, especially those that are in state and in state star comes here. And a couple years later, he's, you know, got a bunch of more muscle, a better jump shot. We, you know, All-American Bob Cousy, and he's sitting on the jump with Rachel Nichols saying he's going to the NBA. Like, who wants to do it next? Like, that's kind of the deal. And, well, I, and Derek, I, that's a you, big deal for Illinois.
1: You know it, too, because NFL players think the same thing, or football players. They want to go to the NFL. Every one of them wants to go to the NFL, or all of the basketball players, they want to go to the NBA. Some guys might know they're not going to go there, but everyone thinks they're going to go there. And that is the goal. So while you can sell D Brown and Kenny Battle, like Kenny played in the NBA, right? But like those guys to them aren't aren't the guys that matter. Like seeing Io DeSumo play in an NBA game with a playoff team and score 15 one night, like that to them matters. Like Michigan has some of these guys that have played in the NBA that they could point to and say – yeah, look what that guy's doing in the NBA right now. Ohio State with D'Angelo Russell and Mike Conley and all those guys over the last decade, like they were able to sell that. Like Illinois hasn't been able to sell that outside of Myers Leonard, and he was on the team where the coach got fired. So it's like, um, you know, they need that. Like that, that is a great example, and he is such a great example uh, on and off the court. Like Derek, I've, I've never seen somebody more ready professionally for for on off the court, all of it, uh, to, to be a professional athlete.
3: I have not either. Uh, everything that he's done, he's prepared for and he's worked for. And, and he's, he's always envisioned himself in that, on that stage, in that role. And it's really cool to see him now in that moment there. And obviously uh, I know you talked to, was it Kyle Boone yeah. for the NBA and talks about, I mean, all the, the talk around him and you can imagine is just the character and kind of the makeup that he has. I do know, by the way, he's he's pretty darn good on the court as well. So that's, Definitely a good thing for Illinois and, and for people to see that. And if I was Orlando Antigua, I would have texted Armand Franklin and said, hey, you watched the jump today? Like, <laughs> that could be
1: you. Is, is that number one on Piper's big board? Like, you know, I know people just want to know, is, is he coming? Is he coming? Um, but, like, if you had the most important right now, what would be – who would, would Franklin, Washington, uh, the four transfer to be named later, like, how how's yeah. your big board shake out?
3: I got to be careful because I've done some, my guys in the past and the, and the, my guys,
1: can I tell a story
3: they, they put on different,
1: can I they tell on a, different uniforms? Can I tell a story yeah. though? Um, about that? Cause I think it's long enough that, uh, this doesn't matter, but John Gross gave me a call one day, right? I'm, I just do a radio show cover of the program. He gave me a call one day and John couldn't have been nicer about it. Cause John's just a, a good dude. Um, but he said, Hey Jeremy, somebody from somebody's camp, Right. And this was when they were recruiting Jalen Brunson and Juwan Evans said you were asked on the radio show who you'd rather have (laughs) Brunson or Evans. And I said, I don't care. I'd take any of them. Illinois can't be choosing. They're both awesome players and both ended up top 40 picks in the NBA and Jalen Brunson won two titles. I said Jalen Brunson. Just because I love his game, I, I just he didn't make mistakes. He played like a thirty-year-old man when he was seventeen or eighteen years old. But I said then, like Jawan Evans, I would love Illinois. He's going to be an NBA player. He he changed the program. But John just said, don't answer that question on air the next time because <laughs> someone from Jawan Evans' camp was upset about that. Yeah, like that's it's amazing. So I, I don't want to put you on the spot of having to choose like, hey, Ty Ty or Armand is is more important, but I kind of just did. <laughs>
3: Well, see, I have heard that story before, and that, that is a it lets people know how how important or just how much people are tapped into what anybody is saying. Yeah. But I kind of just have you called me out one time. I had the jinx, like I said, I love EJ, love him. No, he's not coming here. Bryce Hawkins, love him. That's my guy. No, nope. Jordan Goodwin, love him. No. Nope. So if I if I say that this would be my top priority, I'm almost kissing him goodbye. <laughs> that's uh, right. But, I want Armand Franklin because he's he's proven in the, proven in the Big Ten. He's a two way player. I think he's a great fit as another shot creator. He can get his own off the bounce, and he shoots the light, lights out on catch and shoot. Like he was one of the best in the country, top ninety five percentile catch and shoot last year.
1: Yeah. Um, so kiss that goodbye, apparently. Uh, no, but I mean, in, Indiana just took a guard commit. It's a good one. Xavier Johnson and, man, Indiana, give Mike Woodson a lot of credit here. Uh, you know, keeping Christian Lander, keeping uh, Geronimo and obviously Trace Jackson Davis for another year and now adding Johnson. That's a really competitive roster uh, next year that, that could make some noise um, in, in the Big Ten. So, Derek, did you see that and be like, oh, Illinois has got a better chance now?
3: Yeah, it, it is something that, you got to take into account for sure. And they are bringing some of these pieces back and and you start to wonder how it all fits in. Now, if if Armand wanted to come back and I don't know off the top of my head what the scholarship count is, but I mean, I would think that he'd be someone you'd consider if you're filling out next year's big, all big 10, could that be a guy that slots in as a third team, second team type of guy? I think that he would be kind of in that mix. So If he wanted to go back to Bloomington, I, I mean they would they would work it out that guy's probably that guy's going to start and, and and be in that mix for them uh i i do think just kind of reading some of what their fans are saying is just there's some hesitation or just some angst like this long waiting process we've seen trace go back we've seen christian lander go back what's armand thinking or what he's what is he waiting for yeah i don't know well that, i don't that, know we got a little bit of time left
1: and to be honest with you like that that's how when Ty Ty Washington comes open again, and Illinois is a player, right? Um, but when a guy comes open again, then takes his time, and he said no to you the first time, I just don't set my expectation for for Illinois to land him. But that's just my you know thirty thousand foot view of it. But uh, that recruitment is 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 dragging out a, a little bit longer as well, there. Yep, it
3: is, and. It it probably won't go too much longer. His season just ended last week at Geico Nationals, and kind of there's even some pro buzz out there. I mean, when he's had the kind of season that he's had, I understand why he could go somewhere right away and make money and kind of skip college if he wants to. Now, he did have a tweet the night of the National Championship game and say something to the effect of, this is the last time I'll be watching it when I'm not participating in it as far as college basketball. So uh, that's interesting. Kansas just took a guard. Uh, the one out of Drake, his name's escaping me now. Uh, that that's something that's kind of lay, raised some red lights as far as are they going to be in the mix anymore with Ty Ty and maybe Jarrence was one that was recruiting. There's a lot going on in college basketball. Terrence sure on the man. move, jeez. Um, Arizona
1: jobs open, <laughs>
3: yeah. But I think from what I had heard, it, it seems another week or so for Ty Ty. Uh, and probably looking around again, we mentioned before the April 15th, 14th for the late signing period will probably be when he makes a decision.
1: I got this. I feel like I'm mentioning him now in almost every podcast we do, but shout out to him because I know he listens. Uh Brad Werner, my brother, his guy, which I don't think is enough people's guys is, is Brandon Podzimski, And I, I feel like he's not getting talked about enough because he's a really good prospect who fills a big need. Now, He's not going to make an Armand Franklin impact most likely right away, Derek, but I know you caught up with his dad, and people can read that at IlliniInquired.com, but Illinois is a a major player for him. If they were able to land him, what kind of get would that be and what kind of impact could he make as a freshman?
3: I think it would be a pretty darn good get when you think about he has other offers from Kansas and Kentucky, uh, some other impressive high major offers, and it's a guy that I wish – I would have gotten to see in person and, and really especially on the EYBL circuit. And he was going to play with Phenom U this past spring and summer. And for that to be taken away really maybe benefited a team like Illinois. Not that they couldn't have competed in that kind of a mix, uh, but it it changed the way his recruitment unfolded. And he had to go out as a senior and just light it up against maybe not the best competition, which he ultimately did, uh, 35 a game, 43% from three Mr. Basketball in Wisconsin, most threes made in the state this past year. So I think he could definitely come in as a shot maker. Like that's something that I think that he could definitely do off the bench as a freshman and would have a chance, in my opinion. I think that Melinda's is going to struggle with the, the physicality uh, of the Big Ten. And now he has played against some pretty good competition and had a, a very good senior year. And then Luke Goody, uh, right now, and I've said it before, that Podzimski or Goody to me – of the three would probably make the biggest impact right away. I I just hesitate a little bit on Ponczewski because there's going to be a shock value of having never played against that level of guy, like to to go into the big 10 and then have that. But I think he'd be a very good add. And I I know that upside wise, as far as just a bucket getter with a lot of swagger, a lot of ability to score Mm -hmm. from really multiple levels in the court, uh, there's lots lot to like about that and, and to put him in your backcourt.
1: Yeah, he's not a guy I think you'd feel comfortable putting into your two spot and being like, yep, we're competing for a Big Ten title, right? Like, well, if Armand Franklin and Kofi Coburn come in with you with all these other pieces and you get a four, then, yeah, I think you'd feel uh, pretty pretty dang comfortable about that. I do see a lot of these national people, Derek. I mean, there's so much doom and gloom about recruiting and Adam Miller leaving, and, hey, I get it. I get you don't want that. what happened – 15 years ago to not be able to capitalize. You want to capitalize off the buzz you have created. So I know that sense of dread and sense of we're going to be back to the 10 years before, but I I do feel like this staff deserves a little bit more credit than that given the two years they put together, given the rosters they have been able to put together, and just the the tentacles they have and, and, and finding talent. So, while the Big Ten is scary, man, and you got to reload. And they do have to make their adjustments here. Um, you still see, like, if Kofi Coburn comes back with Andre Curbelo, you are you are a player. And I know that's a lot up in the air with Kofi Coburn, but I thought Omar Payne was a really really good get for them right away, just to set the floor of what that can be. And there's still so much time and so much talent out there that. Um, you know maybe we sit here in late June, Derek and and we say hit the panic button. i I ha- personally haven't done that yet, uh, but I understand some of the the nervousness right now before some of these guys make their decisions.
3: Yeah, no doubt there's still some pretty darn good pieces on this team when you think about Corbello when you think about obviously if Kofi comes back, your front court. if you have Kofi and then Payne behind him, like that's a pretty darn good five man rotation. The four man will I'm very intrigued to see the way that Hawkins develops this summer, uh, fully expect him to be able to step up his game with Grandison in the mix. Uh, Hutcherson is a big wild card. Now it's one that you can get pretty excited about if he's healthy, because I mean, he certainly has a skill set and, and the look and uh, the length and all that. Uh, can he put it together? Uh, Curbelo uh, again, running the show and there's a lot of opportunity to add, add pieces to add talent out there with the transfer market and it's early, and it's going to be a long off season. I think you you cautioned the board that the other day, like it's going to be a long off season, especially when you think about Kobe's not probably going to give your answer until July. Mm-hmm. So that's one to to kind of try to be patient on, and then you got to just wait on the portal. Like there's options now. There's probably going to be options here in the coming weeks that we're not even talking about that will be probably more after the draft, you have to come back. And- I was about
1: to say that Derek, that that's something I don't think enough fans have in their mind. Like there's a lot of guys that are going to go to the draft, go through the process, just like Kofi that come back, but might not go back to the school that they were at before.
3: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and those are guys that definitely to kind of wait out, but at the same time, maybe you don't know their names and all that, but it's something to just kind of think about another window of being able to add some talent. So like you said, uh, the connections this staff has shown that they have the ability to pull talent from all over the place, and uh, I mean they they took a team that had lost a ton of games in the years prior and pieced it all together, and in four years they were a number one seed. So what can they do next? Uh, we'll see.
1: Derek, it's we'll been see. two hours since somebody committed to Illinois. Would you give us a recruiting update already, man?
3: <laughs> I gotta check my phone. I, I don't <laughs> I don't think anything's come in, but. Uh, I will. I will let you know. That's always been the, the policy here. When we have an update, we we tend to share that update. So
1: that's what we do. Yeah, and we don't have an update usually ten seconds within news breaking of something or some little development. Usually, it takes time to gather the news or updates just to take you behind the scenes here. Derek, we appreciate you. Most people appreciate you out there, and we appreciate <laughs> you dropping your knowledge here, man. Appreciate. It.
3: Yep, always fun, man. See you.
1: Great stuff as always with Derek Piper, and if you want those updates, you can check them out at IlliniInquire.com, And if you are a VIP member and you don't want to wade through the discussion of Illini fans, which is always interesting for some people, some people enjoy it, some people say they hate it, some people hate enjoy it. Um, there is a thing on our message board if you're a VIP user where you can follow users, and all of a sudden you get these notifications up in the right hand corner. And you'll see a one or a five or a nine plus in there. And you click on it and say you're following me or Derek or Joey or Eric Bossy or whatever it is. You get a link of where they posted and it goes right to that post and you can see what they posted. So you don't have to wade through the Hoops recruiting thread if you don't want to. Like some people like doing it because you can see anything anyone wants to post. Maybe it's a recruiting update from somebody else or whatever it is. But if you just want to read Derek... You can follow Derek and you can see all his posts right there, notified to you uh, the moment they do it. Sometimes I'll be on the board and I'll see Derek Piper posted. I get a notification. I click on it and I see what he wrote. And for me, it's interesting, right? So if you want to do that, you can do that. And of course, uh, Derek always posts his updates as well, pinned to the board uh, most of the time. As well. Um, So you get all the information there. If you're not a VIP member, you can check us out. $1 for your first month. Now is certainly an interesting time uh, to do so with everything going on with basketball, but football recruiting is really heating up. Uh, Joey Wagner and I are covering the heck out of spring football, and Joey's been an unbelievable addition to us there, uh, covering every angle of the Illinois football team. It's allowed me to focus a little bit more on recruiting and big picture stuff, which has been awesome. All right. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. If you don't already, give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you guys do that. Uh, it always helps us out. And check out com for the latest on your favorite team, the Illinois Fighting Illini. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.